I just felt so lost because his family was depending on me because we were living together. And like, I had no idea how to manage that. And so I was just like, I don't want someone like me to feel this way. If they do, I want to help them. And so that kind of turned into me looking into, okay, well, what can I do to do this? Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. This is a podcast for entrepreneurial women. It's going to help you build confidence, obliterate mental blocks, gain knowledge, and harness the audacity to start your business, grow your business, or just start living your life with a whole lot more fucking audacity than you have been. My name's Melissa Manning. I've founded and co-founded more than 13 businesses in 10 years. And I've got more than 45,000 hours of business operating experience that I want to share with you. And I am here to A, learn more because we're never ever done, and B, get you to a new level, a new audacious level. So let's get into it. Amanda Lopez, my childhood best buddy, is here today. Amanda has been so many things, and that's why I asked her to come on today, asked to interview her, because I have been exploring the idea, the concept of the abstract thing of identity for myself, trying to figure out what the hell identity is, where it comes from, how do we create the most authentic version of us of our identity that we can is that even important so i'm like exploring this whole thing and amanda just graduated from school she is now a master of the social work (laughs) and she is a certified alcohol and substance abuse counselor and i'm so proud of her because the whole time she was in school she couldn't hang out with me i'm so proud of her that it's over and now i've moved to miami so she still can't hang out with me but Um, at least she has free time now to, to live her life and hang out with her other friends. Yeah. A lot of people had that same sentiment. We're like very excited that I graduated, but we're like more excited that, uh, I was done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my school, the, the time suck that is any master's program, uh, is over. (laughs) So how many years was it? So my master's program was three years. And then when I was getting my substance abuse certification, that was like two. So I've been in school for five years. Okay. Can you prescribe medication? I cannot. Not as a social worker. Five years? Five years you should be able to do (laughs) surgery. I know. I think that's more like 10. When I'm thinking about you, because you... A couple years ago, and and I have no sense of time, so I don't remember if this was five years ago or three years ago. I have no sense. Um, But I remember when you were starting your fitness business. Yeah. And yes, and you have been so many things, and you've been going to school for social work, and now you have completed that. And so I'm just curious to know about the journey of, you know, starting this business, deciding that now maybe isn't the right time to make that a priority and focusing more on your schooling and now completing that. So I want to ask you questions about just this journey. And so first, I just want to start off with like, what is self-identity to you? What is identity to you, the concept of it? Yeah. Um, self-identity to me 
is really, it's a fluid thing in my life. And I think that it's that way for a lot of different people. I, I guess like a concrete answer would be that it's kind of how you see yourself in your world and the places that you're, that I place myself and the community that I'm around. I think identity for me has been like, I've really been very specific things and I've been like a Spartan racer and like, I was like so into that. Right. And then I was in school and I was so into that. And then I, like in my past, I, you know, I was a club head and I was so into that. So it's like all these different identities are really the building blocks of like who I am. Build. I like that phrase, the building blocks of who you are, of who we are. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's always been like, I don't know if I ever consciously, now I'm going to be this next thing. I well, don't that's, know. I that's can't one of that. my questions. Like, <laughs> I'm so curious what causes us to then morph into the next identity. And I was having a conversation with somebody else the other day and she said, a lot of it is external factors, right? Like we get yeah. all these signals and these sort of new directors from external circumstances from life. And mm-hmm. they sort of help us morph into that next version of whatever our identity is or, or our next experiment. Yeah. I, you know, and it's weird because, well, it's not weird, but it's interesting because I think a lot of those identities that like I have had and that people find themselves in come their strongest identities, I think come from hard things and like difficult circumstances because anytime, like if I, you know, I was, when you asked me to do this interview, I was kind of like thinking about this topic and kind of reflecting a little bit. And when I look back at all the different kind of identities that I've had and the different areas that I've been interested in, it always came from like something really difficult that I went through in my life, whether that was, you know, dating somebody that was, um, that had the disease of addiction or, um, you know, I'm not married, but it's just easier to call her my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law passing away this year, you know what I mean? And, or just being in a really difficult relationship, um, feeling, uh, like very low self-esteem. Like we hear it all the time that like these great things are born out of like difficult periods in our lives. But when you, look back on it you're like wow yeah that's really true (laughs) you know what I mean but when you're going through it it sucks (laughs) you're going through it you're like I can't do this yeah yeah it's it's really difficult because it's some I think sometimes also and I know this is especially true for me like I spend a lot of time almost not wishing I was in a different identity but having a goal of the person that I want to be. And so when you're in those troublesome times, I think it is frustrating because you're like, well, I want to be this person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But there's like an iteration before that, before you can do that other thing. Right. So, so it's not actually a a wanting to be this other person. It's wanting to be in, in their shoes. It's wanting to be you in their place. Yeah, for sure. We want to be what we think they have or what they, what we yeah, think they are. Like yeah. Meanwhile, we really have no idea what they 
have or what they are. Right. Right. Like maybe they went through some kind of adversity that like, no, we wouldn't wish that on ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think self-comparison, I mean, that's a whole other topic, but I think self-comparison is like such a big part of identity in a weird way. At least that's how it's been for me. You know, when I think back to certain points in my life, you know, I think when you're younger, you don't really know that you're insecure. Maybe you do. I didn't really know. I just thought it was normal to want to be like everybody else. (laughs) And so when you look back, it's kind of sad because you're like, yes, those were my identities, but I didn't, I wasn't at home in those identities at that time because you're still learning and growing and, um, and you know, just, you're not at home. That's good too. You're not at home in them. You feel them, but you feel like there's something wrong with them. Right. Like I'm, you know what I'm, I'm just like visualizing this thing where like you see a piece of yourself, but there's like a smudge on it. There's like this, this dot on it that you're trying to get off. You're like, this is not how it should be. Yeah. And so you're constantly trying to like erase what makes you different and erase and take out what makes you unique. Yeah. And the thing that's coming to my mind, I mean, it's not the healthiest thing, but when I was going out to clubs a lot, you know, I was going out in New York City and I remember just wanting, you know, you know, when you go to clubs, they have like those dancers that kind of like are the, you know, they're like sexy and they're beautiful. And, you know, I remember watching those dancers and being like, I want to look just like them. I want to be just like them. At one point I was like, I'm going to try out. Like... Why do you make that face though? Because it just wasn't me. Like when I look back, I mean, I thought it was me back then, but you know, when I look back at that time, I was so caught up in wanting to be like everybody else or that people that I thought were more beautiful than me were better dancers than me, were more connected. Like I probably would have just had more fun if I didn't concentrate on those things. But yet at the same time, when I was in it, my identity was like, okay, like I go to clubs. This is the music that I listen to. This is who I wanted to be like. And I think I would have had more fun if I would have just been me. And I think I would have been more at home in that identity if I just didn't care about that stuff. But at the same time, it's like, I kind of had to care about that stuff because, it you know, you. it's, yeah. it's a catch 22. But it's like, it's like, it's like, what, what you're making me think of is like how we create these boundaries around ourselves. Like, yeah, this is who I am. Here's a boundary. Here's a boundary. Here's a boundary. This is what I do. So if that's right. outside of the boundary, no, 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 I can't do that because I'm oh this. Oh my God. Boundary. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, if I listen to this music, I can't listen. I can't listen and or appreciate and or like or enjoy that kind of music because this oh. is my kind of music. Yeah, I was so in that. Like, I was so self-righteous about it too. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so cringy to think about it now. It's like, but you know, when you're in your early 20s, you think you know everything. <laughs> you well, uh, yeah, because I thought I knew getting married was a good idea. <laughs> and uh, having a baby at 25, I thought that was good too. <laughs> so yeah, yep, we sure do. Yeah. So actually thinking about that, like thinking about those times and I mean, even the great times that you, cause like, it's still fun, right? Even looking oh, back yeah. and you're like, okay, I probably shouldn't have done these things or probably shouldn't have been that person. 
-hmm. Like there were moments that you wouldn't take back, I'm sure. No, I mean, I still had a blast. Yeah. And so like, that's a lot of stuff that I didn't do. Like I didn't, I was never really a big clubber. I was never really a big dancer. I was never, you know, somebody who was able to let loose like that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I wish I, even now, like I have a hard time doing that kind of stuff. And like, sometimes I wish that I could incorporate that into my identity yeah. a little bit more. Um, but I never really have. And, and that's whatever it is what it is. But like thinking about who you were in that moment, how do you think that has impacted or led you to where you are or had any effect at all on where you are now? I'm trying to say this the right way because I am a substance abuse counselor, (laughs) but I think that my experience, because, you know, with that lifestyle comes drugs and I was really, um, you know, trying to, you know, to go back to what I was saying before about it coming from like all of our identities coming from these different difficult places. Um, I got into that lifestyle because I was chasing a guy and mm-hmm. I was like Miss Goody Two Shoes in high school. I was a cheerleader. Like that was another identity. And oh, yeah. I was with this person. Oh who... my God. But cheerleader is such an identity, <laughs> right? Oh, the person that I was with at the time, this was like my first everything. Right. Was, and was so no, it was Danny. Oh. Oh, not your cousin. <laughs> not my cousin. Who's and if he's listening, he probably knows who it is. Um, but anyway, I just got very distracted. Um, <laughs> That's so funny that it even occurred to you to like specify which one we're talking about. Because well, because, know. you know, that was like a, a whatever. Anyway, anyway, um, <laughs> you know, and that relationship kind of, it was very unhealthy and it carried on into my early twenties on and off. And I just wanted this person to love me and he wasn't available. Like if I met that person now, exactly as he was back then, I feel, you know what I mean? It would be a completely different thing. I have no time for this. What? You would be like, I have no time for this. Right. And I just wanted his approval so much that I we, I started doing drugs because he was doing drugs. And I was like, well, he'll accept me if I'm in that world. He'll think I'm cool if I'm in that world. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's how I got in there. And even though that was a a bad thing, and I'm using quotes, a lot of my experiences with those substances really opened my mind. And I think that I am less uptight because I've had those experiences and I'm not at all saying that you need to do that to be more uptight, but that was just my experience or less uptight, but that was just my experience. Um, and so I think today I'm, I am able to expand my mind a little bit more and I have a more open mind. And of course it has allowed me to connect with my clients in a way that I wouldn't, if I didn't have those experiences. And so, um, you know, it's, and it's funny because I get the question all the time, like, well, like, you don't, you don't look like an addict, like you've never done like this, you know what I mean? And how can you help me? And it's like, well, I don't have the disease of addiction, but I know what it's like to numb myself. I know what it's like to, to want to escape. I know what it's like to use in a substance to escape. And so, um, you know, it's just carried over from just being 
open to different things and um, ways of thinking to being able to help people in a different way. It's, it's causing me to think about the, your relationship with Jared and like how that ended mm-hmm. and like how that affected you in terms of identity after that. Because I know after that, there was a lot of kind of upheaval. There was like a lot of processing and like searching and seeking yeah that was happening like what the situation was with Jared and then how it affected you after yeah after um that other relationship ended um I was still in that world because it was so much fun and so like that was my identity now right so it was like okay like here I am and so the guy was gone and now you're on your own but like you're in this this is who I am at least right now you know yeah I made you know new friends from being in that world and I kind of stuck with them and through that um I met Jared and excuse me he was in that world for a long time so I was like this is great if we both like the same things um and so such wholesome activities yeah like we love canoeing down the river (laughs) like you do this I do this like great this is awesome but you know I also know that there was a genuine love there and you know we wound up eventually moving in with each other and because of the world that we were in it was easy to turn a blind eye I just didn't know about hard drugs at that time you know there's this stigma around addiction um where it's like you know you're dealing with like some homeless guy like in the alleys of New York City and it's like, no, it's, it's you and me and the people around us. Right. And so it's like your, your closest person in the bathroom. Yeah. Doing the yeah. thing when you're just on the couch watching TV. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so that was kind of, uh, our world and he was using heroin and I didn't really know, like I knew, but I didn't know it was heroin cause it was like a prescription drug. Right. And so, um, eventually it got worse and worse and worse. And I started to grow in a way where I was like finding myself with all of our friends doing the same thing over and over every single weekend, feeling like shit every single weekend. And I was changing and I didn't really, I wasn't finding it fun anymore at that same time, his addiction was also getting darker and darker and darker. And he tried to be in treatment. It didn't really work out. And so I had to leave. And at that point, this was a person that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. So that was really hard. And so when I think- That's the identity part. That's because you're visualizing the rest of your life. You're visualizing yourself. I am the wife of this person. I am the mother of the children that have this person's father. Yeah. Like that's your, you had already begun to build your identity around that person. Yeah. As dysfunctional as it probably would have been, you know what I mean? Like, but you don't see that when you're. And you don't visualize that, you know, in your vision, none of that exists. No. You know, after that. I don't even know if I would say I was lost because I feel like I did a lot of really positive things. Like I feel like I coped with it in the right way. And I don't really know where that came um, from. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why, maybe it's just, you know, my disposition and my personality or the way that I was growing at that time. But like, I didn't, 
Okay. Well, I think that even throughout all of those moments in your life, I think you were always into personal development and personal growth. Oh, yes. Like you were always reading books. You were always listening to podcasts. You were always listening and exposing yourself to things that made your mind expand and made your mind know that there was more than whatever right here in front of me. So like, I think that you had predisposed yourself to be able to cope and to know that like, just because this is happening doesn't mean I can't handle it and doesn't mean that I can't get through it and past it. Right. Um, That there are solutions. So I think basically you had given yourself tools. Like you had. Yeah, but it's funny because I didn't know. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like you never know you're giving yourself the tools. You never know what you have until you have to use it. And that's the thing. That's what, Oh, this, Ooh, this makes me think of, because I feel like so many people distrust themselves. So many people Mm -hmm. underestimate their capacity to handle challenges. Mm -hmm. And that, Ooh, this is why, this is why adversity (laughs) brings people out and like makes them because it causes you to have to use those tools. Yes. It causes you to have to pull things up from the subconscious and be like, Oh no. I can handle this because I have no other choice. I have to, and I actually know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And then after that whole thing is over, then all of those tools, all of those things, like all that wisdom is up at the surface. So now you can move forward using all of those and utilizing them and you trust yourself because you've already gone through it. That's why. Fuck, that's good. Yeah. And it's, it's, I tell my clients all the time, cause it's like, you really have no, I like even, I don't even think I had the words for any of what you just said, but it is a hundred percent what was happening. Like I didn't have the language back then. And I think that comes with just like getting more into like trusting yourself and the self-development part of it. And after that experience, I just like had a lot of fun. And I also just know, I knew that I wanted to do something different. And I, cause I was working in the fashion industry, another identity that I thought I needed to upkeep and, and I hated it. I hated it so, so much. And so, you know, that experience with Jared kind of launched me into like figuring out, okay, like I want to help people. I want to help people. Cause I didn't know anything about addiction at that point. I knew nothing. And I just felt so lost because I, his family was depending on me because we were living together and like, I had no idea how to manage that. And so I was just like, well, I want to, I don't want someone like me to feel this way. Yeah. If they do want to help them. And so that kind of turned into me looking into, okay, well, what can I do to do this? You know what I mean? Like, how do I, how do I do that? And then that turned into me getting my substance abuse certification And then, you know, through those channels and being around people that are in the field, then I learned that I could be a social worker. I learned that I could even be a mental health counselor if I wanted to. Like you learn the different avenues that you can, you know, go down. It's kind of like, okay, well, I'm here. How do I like level up from there? Like what's next? That's exactly what I'm hearing. I'm hearing steps, right? So like, I'm here. This doesn't feel great. So let me now seek out what are my options from this point? And right. then you, you choose an option. Then you get there and you say, okay, what are my options from this point? And then you move forward. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like a game board. It's like Candyland. Yes, right? exactly. <laughs> one little square to the next square and you just keep going until you, I mean, I don't know, is the finish line death? 
or is the finish line? Yeah. Like, I don't know. But, but like you keep moving one little square at a time. And I feel like that's the thing that most people, they just don't really understand that. Like they see, and maybe in the moment too, like you don't understand that either. You're like in this moment, everything is collapsing in on you. And you just, you say like, oh, I'm here, but I want to get here. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I want to start a business Boom! Mm-hmm. all the way over here, all the way to that maybe finish line. Right. But if they were to just look for that next first step. That oh my God. I say step. that every day in my practice every day because it's, it's a fundamental truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like you said, it's hard. I, it's hard to see the finish line. And I also don't even know if there is one because I think yeah, it just keeps, it moving. keeps moving. Exactly. Yeah. Jinx. And, and so even now I'm kind of in a space where I've graduated. I'm starting my career. No, you know but, what it is. Okay. Okay. I think there's different boards, right? Ooh, so you better. get to one finish line and then <laughs> you level up. Yeah. And then you're at the starting line of a new board. And then you it's have like to- Super Mario when he goes through the little tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and now I'm experiencing that kind of um, impatience because I want. You want to get be... to the next board. Yes. Hmm. And so you always have to start from the beginning on the next board. That's and cool. so that is hard. You That's always- hard. Every time you level up, you always have to start from the beginning again on that. That's, Ooh, that's so good. That's why like so many really successful people, first of all, that's why a lot of successful people end up being very humble. I think because they understand that they understand like just because you've achieved this, it doesn't really mean, I mean, it, it does mean something, but it doesn't mean that you're done. It doesn't mean, right. No. that you've accomplished everything you want because they understand that as soon as you get to this point, there's a whole nother board to travel, mm-hmm. a whole nother new journey to go through. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> That's interesting. It's, and for me, it is still very frustrating, you know, even after going through all those things, because it's again, it's like, you're not really doing it consciously. And I think maybe after this conversation, I'll be thinking about it more consciously, but like, you're like, as we live our lives, like we're, our brains aren't just, they're not wired that way to like my, and you shouldn't micromanage everything. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you need to be in the flow. Like for you to move through the board, you can't be thinking about like, what I'm moving through the board. Well, but also if you are <laughs> now, now this is going to be our metaphor for the rest of the, <laughs> but if you are on the board and you're thinking about moving through the board, you're just going to be on the board in your little square sweating with anxiety because uh, you're thinking about, Oh, 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 how do right. I move forward? How do you're you know? Yeah, you're not exactly. in the flow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me right now, that's probably the most frustrating thing because I just want to be like, I want to be master. I am a master in my field, but like, I want to be a master. Oh, wait. Career. How does that feel to say that, BT Dub? Cool. <laughs> master of my field. It but in feels a series, like, I am the feels master. Like butter. It feels like butter. It feels like butter. <laughs> butter. 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 That's yeah. a big deal, though. Actually, I mean, you've probably done this. I don't know if you have, but that's a big deal. Like five years of schooling. Have you sat with it and just been like, I am a master in my field? I am a yeah. master of, 
of social work. I am a certified alcohol and substance abuse, I was going to say calendar, counselor. <laughs> you are not a calendar. I could don't, be. Don't ever say, don't ever call yourself <laughs> a calendar. Um, but do you ever say, like, the word master, though, is just so powerful to me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And also, there's a lot of weight to it. Mm-hmm. Because I, it, it's all, and it, but the weight is a misconception because I think in any field you're always learning. Yeah. And so the word master sometimes, and I find myself doing Deceiving. this sometimes with people that have lower credentials at my job or sometimes like looking to me for answers. And sometimes I don't have them because I'm yeah. at square one. Right. And so that is, can be a source of like insecurity, but I think, you know, it's, it's part of it. Yeah. The knowing, right. The knowing that there's always more, there's always another board. There's always more to learn, more experience yeah. to have. And you know, the learning doesn't stop, especially in my field. There's always another credential, another test, another something. So Please don't give me anxiety. I, it's not school. So you're, you're, you're good. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. What a great conversation with Amanda Lopez. But don't go anywhere because there is a part two to this conversation. This second part is basically a conclusion to this first part. It touches on identity, on the business that Amanda started, self-love, and how to help yourself through adversity. So you definitely will want to listen. You'll also find her contact information in this part too. So if she resonated with you and you really want to get in touch, Listen to part two and get that info and reach out. Coming up in addition to that is another episode with Amanda that focuses on self-comparison. So if that is something that you're dealing with or have dealt with, you'll definitely want to listen to that. In the meantime, please like this episode. Please share it with a friend and make sure that you subscribe to the Audacious Founder podcast. Thank you so much. It is such an honor to have you as a listener. I hope to talk to you soon. Bye.